Hi, I'm Carolina, your podcast host and expert wound healer. Over the past five years, I've served over 500 women to remove physical blockages in their bodies. We achieve this with Reiki. I believe healing doesn't have to be done alone, nor should it be. You will hear stories of healing, methods to heal with, and guest speakers covering taboo topics you won't hear anywhere else. Let's continue this journey of womb healing together. Welcome back. Hi, I'm Carolina, your podcast host and Reiki womb healer. Today, we're talking about something that's super important and I think you're going to love how not to hate pumping with Lacey Reason. Lacey, thank you so much for being here. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. I want to know, I ask the th- same three questions every episode that I interview a guest expert. Where are you at in the world? What do you do and why do you do what you do? So I'm from San Diego, California. And I am a lactation counselor and I do it because that's like a whole can of worms. I, feel like. I know. What is the most distinct way? Give me your elevator pitch. My big thing is I feel like a lot of us are told not to believe in our bodies and our body's ability to do things. And so I love to support other mamas along the way with breastfeeding because there's a lot of questions and doubts and struggles. And instead of having like a quick fix or, you know, a bandaid over it, I love to just be there to listen and to support and try to find some solutions. But yeah, I just love for it them so much. to believe in their bodies. To believe in their bodies. I think that's so powerful. So a lot of my clients, I mean, I have so many different types of clients, but a lot of my clients that go into postpartum, they tell me they hate pumping. Is there any way not to hate pumping? So I, I totally understand and agree. Like I personally absolutely hate pumping, but sometimes that is the lesser of two evils. And sometimes it's just necessary, but there are some things that you can do. Obviously it is just pairing it with something that you love would be an easy thing. So if you like to binge watch a certain show or you're on YouTube or whatever, that would make it more enjoyable, right? You can also pair your pumping with something that you already are doing. So if you are already driving to work, why not make sure that it is a portable pump or while you're preparing dinner, you can do a portable pump. And so it's not something where you're like, I have to sit down. I have to pump. I have to do this. It's like, I get to pump while I'm making dinner. I get to pump while I go to this play date. I had a mama that was a so a pro at doing this. Like she would just, anytime she was on the, I would just, just pumped on the way here. And you know, they're good for a few hours in the car. And then, or you just put in a cooler. And so it's Gosh, all about multitasking. Yeah. We do I, things that we don't enjoy. Right. And right. so- just multitask with it. So how do we figure out why we hate it first? Do you think that's the first step is figuring out why you hate it? Why so, why a person may hate pumping? There could be a multitude of reasons, right? So you could have the wrong pump for your body or your lifestyle. You could have the wrong settings. That is a big one. So you might have the one mm. pump that is great, but you're using the wrong settings. I had one mama, she just turned on the pump and just let it do its thing. And certain pumps, you can yeah, do that. I didn't know what the buttons were. were. I had a Medela. I, yes. I had like a little boxy Medela and then I upgraded to the medical grade. I rented yeah. it from our local lactation place and I responded so much better. Yeah. Also tubing. My tubing, nobody said that I needed to replace the seals 
or the tubing, or I had the wrong size flanges. I'd super, <laughs> always, had all the always, I had a large nipples and yeah. I didn't know I needed extra large flanges. Yeah. Like my nipples were getting irritated from rubbing against the size of the too small of a flange. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, it could be, is your pump well-maintained? That is huge. So I didn't do that with my first either. I just plugged it in and expected it to work. And there is maintenance with your, it's a machine. It has to have maintenance. And so if your tubes are falling off while you're pumping, it's obviously not going to have the best suction, right? And a lot of mamas have an insufficient milk supply if they have the wrong size flange, because that's essentially a bad latch with a pump. So you can also, I never thought about it that way, but that's a hundred percent accurate. It's a bad latch from the pump. Yeah. Goodness. That is, (laughs) I'm going to think about that for the, but that's, that's a hundred percent right. It's a bad latch. God, that's so mind blowing. Not only Um, that, you could have clogged milk ducts from that, you know? So if it is stopping a milk duct because it's too small, that could be a problem. If you have something that's called elastic nipples, there'll be more stretch in them. So if your pump is stretching your nipple too far out and it's now irritating at the end, then there's some things that you need to do. So they have some things that can like add some cushions to it to make it not so painful. There's different flange sizes that you can use. And so there's so much that could be, and it's all unique to, cause everybody is different. And so it really depends on your lifestyle, but also your body's needs. I love that so much. Some other things that you and I had discussed is, do you have the wrong pump? Is it body operated? And what is your lifestyle? Do you have the right pump to match your lifestyle? And you had mentioned some things before, like some women like a timeout for a pump. Like I would use it as an excuse to peace out on people. I gotta go, gotta go home, gotta pump, didn't bring my pump, gotta go home. Or so much has come out. I had my son six years ago and the willow pump was the first one that was going to be a wearable one. And at that point, it had not been approved by the FDA in 2016 yet. But now there's so many different types of pumps, which I'm so grateful for. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, what some of the other pumps are that might be matching different lifestyles? Yeah. So you have all of them have kind of like a portable one option now, right? So I have the Spectra that's a portable one and it's it's literally like the size of my palm. And then you just have the same bottle and you can wear a pumping bra, which would make it portable. And that one's battery operated. You can also have the heavy duty Spectra or Medellas and then they can have chargers or you can even make your Medella or your Spectra that plugs in. You can have a separate battery pack for it. So you can really essentially make any pump portable if you desire. And then you can also have a pumping bra. So then that will be make it easier, right? So you can take it on the go if that's what you want. So there's also maybe you're pumping part of the time and you do have a good supply. Then having something like the willow would be just as a convenience. If that's your main concern, something like that would be a perfect pump for you. If you're struggling with supply, I would definitely recommend using more of like a hospital grade pump. And then just finding those ways to making it portable for you. But if you say, I need this time by myself, I want to read a book, I want to scroll on my phone, that's a perfect excuse, you know? So it just depends on what your needs are and what you're looking for out of that. I remember I took that hospital grade pump to me to work 
at that job, I did not last very long. It was like six weeks that I came back from maternity leave after four months home. And I was like, this is not the job for me anymore. But I toted it those six weeks. And I actually bought a special adapter for the car. And it was like an hour commute each way to that job. It was brutal. And I bought an adapter. It was like some kind of 12 DV. I'm not really, but it was like whatever it needed, I got for the lighter and I was able to like, it operated just normally. And it was like this, you know, the yellow square. Yep. And I would just be pumping an I-80 in Nebraska. I'm sure every trucker saw my tatas. <laughs> so, and I I would power pump and I would make sure. I also think that it's important to understand emotions that may come up with pumping and understanding that it's okay to have the emotions of whatever they may have. Your feelings are valid. You might be angry. You might be sad. You might be maybe you're resenting the pump or maybe you're resenting your journey or whatever it may be. Just like let those feelings come and have some way, whether it's breath work or Reiki, or maybe you're talking to a friend, maybe call a girlfriend. I remember calling my best friend because I didn't have anyone at that time. I lived far away from them and I, and I would just basically complain and it made, made me feel so much better because she's like, yeah, that would suck. I don't know what it was like. She didn't have to work anymore. I was like, you know, this is made for the birds. This freaking sucks. I was home with my son for four months and I was like, I hate working. I hate being away from him. I hate pumping in this tiny room. I hate the women who made it super hard for me to even get access to the room to pump and didn't explain how all the scheduling was. I hated myself for like taking a time that another mom had scheduled I didn't understand anything. And I think it's okay to honor like the reasons why you may have pumping and those reasons might change. You had mentioned that also some stuff while you're pumping can happen to your nipples. Yes. (laughs) So like I said, there's elastic nipples and there's something called purple nipples. There's so many things. So it depends. Like, so you could be having the wrong settings again. Or it could be the wrong size flange, or if you have elastic nipples, or it's when you're, you have just more elasticity in your skin. And so it's stretching further into the pump or further into the flange. And that's going to cause a lot of irritation. So having something like a, a cushion in there or having a separate, a, a longer flange that will help with that. Definitely. But like I, you were saying, touching on the feelings of it. Yeah, I absolutely agree on that. And knowing there's some things that are just with your body, right? And so there's something that's very somewhat new. I think I got to remember the name of it, but there's a delay. So you have prolactin and then oxytocin. And so the prolactin is going to help release the milk and then you have the oxytocin, right? So after, and you have that, all those love feelings when you're making milk and you are nursing your baby or pumping. And sometimes there's a delay in that. And that can cause some baby blue feelings or it can actually cause like extreme depression because there's that delay with the oxytocin. And so you're actually having this big drop from the prolactin. And so also knowing maybe it's not that you just hate it, but maybe there's, you know, in your body, like I actually have that myself. And I know that that's something that happens. 
And so it's way more extreme when I'm pumping because I don't have that snuggly new baby in my arms attached to a machine. And so I kind of feel like a cow. And then (laughs) I have that little dip and I know that it's temporary. I know that it lasts for whatever reason for me about five months when I'm nursing. And I know that it's more extreme when I'm pumping. And so just accepting that in two minutes, I'm going to feel normal again. And that's okay. I can sit with the uncomfortable feeling uh, and the cringe feeling, you know, for a a couple minutes, you know. And so there's a lot of things that it could be specifically with your hormones or your body. Like, does it hurt? Is there a, uh, is there another issue going on in your body that could be causing pain? Could it be like Raynaud's is something that can cause pain. And so the first, no matter how good your latches, it's just going to hurt for a few minutes. And so sometimes you, you hate it and no matter what, but that's just, it's just what it is, you know? And so whether that is too much for someone and that is their reasoning for ending either breastfeeding or pumping, and that's totally fine. Or if it's something say, like, oh, and now I know the issue. Now I know why. And I can just accept it and know that it will pass. I had a friend in Miami. She told me that she had muscle spasms within her breasts every yeah. time she nursed. And it felt like she was getting stabbed. And she <laughs> like saw IBCLCs and yeah. her doctors. And she eventually ended her, her breastfeeding journey. It was so incredibly painful for her. The muscle spasms within her breasts that mm-hmm. she couldn't couldn't withstand like the letdown, whether she pumped or she did nursing. So how can a person change if they hate pumping? I know you have three tips. Do you want to dive into that? Sure. So the first thing is having a schedule, scheduling it. If you're going to keep putting it off, uh, you're just never going to get to it, right? If there's something that you don't enjoy. So scheduling it, always having the set time. And so no matter what, right at wake up. I pump, you know, and this could be while I'm getting ready. And so that would also be running into my second tip is doing it with something that you enjoy. So for me, it was every night before bed. I would always like to pump just so I had extra in the freezer because I did with my first and my third babies. I did pump just to have backups, just to have a freezer. And then I would donate it to a mom in need. But I would schedule a time. So I always did this before I went to bed. And so I did it with something that I enjoyed, even though I don't enjoy pumping. I was very easy. It was easy for me to do because I'm just going to sit on my phone and relax for the day. And if I'm sitting there anyways, I can just attach a pump to me. And so I'm killing two birds with one stone. I get to relax. And now it's not such a, like, I have to step away. I have to pump. Sometimes you obviously you do have to step away, but that's when you're changing the pump that you know. And that would be with my third thing. Know what you're entitled to with your insurance plan. So back when I had my first, our insurance did not cover a good pump. It didn't cover any pumps. So I had to go ahead and pocket. And since then that has changed. And so I can get these great pumps that would actually suit my needs. So I can get a hospital grade pump or I can get a portable pump. And so that's powerful. That's so cool. Mine did not. Well, six years makes a big difference. I don't know what insurance covers now because I'm not breastfeeding anymore. Yeah. So this was seven, almost eight years ago when I had my first and yeah, they didn't cover it at that time. And so I had a very bad pump. 
like a very, it was a like a literally battery operated, like you put double A AA or triple A batteries in it. And it was terrible and it took forever. But then oh when goodness. they changed, like four months into my breastfeeding journey, they started allowing, um, insurance did cover pumps. And so I was able to get a Medela. It's a double electric pump. And so it was so nice and it made it more enjoyable because it was not taking twice as long and I had a more efficient pump. So I was getting more milk in that short amount of time and it was taking, it. it was taking less than half the time. So it was pretty awesome. A couple of things I always want to touch on for women. If you're hearing this for the first time and your first time pumpers, understand that you should be getting a new pump for you. Don't go on Facebook and get one that your neighbor or someone else is giving away from you that they're like, I no longer use this. And they mean well, but some of those pumps are, and most pumps, correct me if I'm wrong, are meant for one user. There is internal tubing that cannot be replaced. Mold and milk can get back up into those tubes and affect the quality of the milk that is then, and it can contaminate what you're pumping. So make sure if you are pumping, please, for the love of baby Jesus, go get yourself a new to you, like a brand new pump with in the packaging. Do not get a used pump. If you're renting a medical grade pump, that is different because it's a closed system. This is super important for you to know. And I won't go into the details. You can Google the mechanics of a breast pump, open or closed breast pump. Mm -hmm. But if you're getting one from your insurance, it's intended for your use only. I think that that is not common knowledge. And I see <laughs> on, you know, these mom groups sometimes and they intend to do well, but like some of these pumps are like, for my knowledge, is there any, they're, they're meant for one user. Not only one user, but I would say even over time, you need to replace. So like the, right. whole, and that the motors don't work the same. Exactly. So with something like an open system, like a Spectra, that's a very popular pump. It is an open system. So if there's any moisture that gets in the tubing, obviously there's going to be mold, but then also it's going to completely break the pump. And so you don't want to have that possibility of molds getting into those that tubing. If you were to get a closed system with a pump that was used, you can, I would absolutely recommend getting all new attachments to it and just keeping the motor. However, how long is that motor going to last? So it is still a machine that needs to be replaced. And you also want the most efficient machine possible because you are going to be using it quite a bit. So yeah, I used my Medela for my first and my second baby. And the second time around, it wasn't as efficient because for one, I wasn't maintaining it properly. And for two, it's old. I've had many, many hours with this thing. And so it was time to be retired. And I, I didn't even know how many my... hours you clock with a machine. Yeah. These and things it... are used hardcore. It's not a light use thing. No. I mean, some people buy it and then they realize, you know, it's not for them, which, and then they're able to pass it down. But also I didn't know I was entitled to a new pump per baby. Yeah. That's so. like the most common thing now is like, you can get a new pump. I have a friend who has five babies and she's had, she's changed and then yeah. she changed a few times. And now she just, she has a favorite. I think Spectre is her favorite. Yeah. So on baby number five, she does things very differently, but she does pump. And so I'm super grateful that we could talk about this topic. This is the last bit of information. It just, and this is not, this is just an opinion. I believe that is best. 
and understanding your breastfeeding journey is your own, whether you pump or you exclusively breastfeed or, you know, you're just, I don't know, what's the term where you just breastfeed from your, your breast? <laughs> breastfeed? <laughs> Breastfeed or nursing. Some people nursing. Say if you're just nurse and you don't use, if you don't do pumping, just understand your journey of breastfeeding is your unique, is your story. Just like any other type of journey you might have in your life, your career is going to be unlike anyone else's. Their personal choices. And when you have that perspective of knowing that you are in charge of this journey and you get to call the shot. So it's really understanding that there's no wrong way to feed your baby. And if you want to pump, pump. And if you don't want to pump, then don't pump. But how you feed your baby is your choice. And I think that that is a really key takeaway from this episode. So if you do need to pump or want to pump, I hope these tips are helpful to you. Lacey, you are a gift to everyone. I love everything that you do. What services do you offer our listeners? How can they find you? How can they work with you? Thanks. Yeah. So I write at earlymotherhoodguide.com. And I also do free five-day boot camps for mamas. And so I have one coming up right now. And then I have them every once in a while. So this one is talking about boosting your milk supply. I also have some that are like going into common challenges for mamas that are breastfeeding or nursing. So it just it depends. But I like to offer that just for mamas to help clarify and getting that one-on-one support of, you know, that Q&A. They can ask any questions and struggles. I also am Early Motherhood Guide on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all the places. And I do live Q&As on there as well. And then I offer a one-year membership for mamas. So that is where you have like an intense training. And then, so you have someone there to support you throughout your whole breastfeeding journey and then beyond too. So they have, can answer, I can answer questions and we do master classes and really just all over the covering that first year of life. I am so grateful that you have shared your knowledge with us. Thank you so much. And I hope you have a wonderful day, everyone. It was an honor to connect and serve you this week. If you are a spiritually curious person wanting to conceive and heal blockages in your fertility, click the link in the episode description to learn more about the Fertility Foundation Collective. Until next time, my friend, know you are loved.